It's finally Friday, and it's another edition of Locked On Royals on the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, Jack Johnson. I've got some great questions to answer from my mailbag. Let's talk about Angel Serpa and the recent surge that he's been on, and who's going to be a lock in this lineup for 2024. I'm going to tell you about it all coming up next on Locked On Royals. You are Locked On Royals, your daily Kansas City Royals podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you for tuning in to another edition of Locked On Royals on the Locked On Podcast Network. As always, I'm your host, Jack Johnson. You can follow me on Twitter at Johnny J underscore 15. That's at J-O-H-N-Y-J underscore 15. Today's show is brought to you by Bird Dogs. I got a couple pairs already. I've got a really cool hat that I wear almost daily. They are so comfortable. I actually wore some yesterday. I was driving back from Wichita, Kansas, back up here to Kansas City. So I just put on a pair of Bird Dogs, and, and they were probably the most comfortable pair of shorts I wore all week long, maybe all month long. We'll talk about them more coming up here in about 10 to 15 minutes. You can always find these episodes on where you get your podcast. That can be Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, Google Podcasts, and on YouTube. We've definitely had a recent bump up in subscribers to our YouTube channel, so continue to subscribe. We just reached over 500, but that's not going to stop. We want to get to 1,000 by the beginning of opening day 2024. So still a ways to go, but maybe let's try to get about 100 a month so that we can really gear ourselves up for a fantastic 2024. Lots of interaction, lots of views. We just got over 30,000 views as well. So I appreciate you, the listeners, you, the fans. Uh, you make this fun to do. If this is your first time listening, well, really a great episode to tune into. We always love doing a Mailbag Fridays because it really is all about you, the fans. What do you want to know? Uh, you want to know my opinion? Maybe you want to know actual information instead of an opinion? Well, I'll try to give you the best that I can every single Friday. I usually send out a tweet uh, from my Twitter account on Thursday night just to give you guys time to ask as many questions as you want to. You're not limited to one. You can ask one, two, three, maybe four Today, we got about seven or so to answer, but if you're a first-time listener, strongly encourage you to follow me on Twitter and start shooting me mailbag questions. Don't need to be public. They can also be through direct messages. My DMs are open, but if you're wanting to know who I am, I'm just like you. I'm a lifelong Royals fan. I've turned that fandom into a career path. I now work in Kansas City at Sports Radio 810 WHB. I've got a morning show at ESPN Kansas City daily, and then once a week, I've got a night show on Sports Radio 810 WHB. So you ever want to know my my thoughts, my opinions on things other than Royals baseball? I do still talk Royals baseball, but if you want to know NFL, NBA, college sports, uh, you can go there and catch me on the 810 app, or you can listen in your car, uh, 1510 for ESPN Kansas City, or as well on their app as well. So a lot of my life is involved in sports, but I certainly love doing this podcast every single day because baseball is my favorite thing to cover. Baseball has always been my passion. It's where I get the most joy talking about it. So that's why I hope you guys really enjoy uh, these podcast episodes because a lot of work goes into it. A lot of thought goes into it. And we hope you enjoy today's episode. Well, it is a mailbag Friday, as I just mentioned. And they're one of my favorite episodes to do all week. They're a lot easier on me because I just get to answer some questions. 
that I've thrown my way. Kind of just a, a thrown together segment that we began in the beginning, but it's really picked up steam. A lot of people like being involved in this. I give you a shout out in these podcasts as long as I can read the username or it's appropriate to read uh, over these podcast ways and, and YouTube and stuff like that. But to me, I pretty much will answer anything involving this team, uh, whether you want my opinion on it or you don't. So let's dive right into it with question number one. This comes from Yex on Twitter. He says, I'm so curious about the Royals bullpen situation. Are they going to make any moves? I do think the Royals are going to heavily invest in the bullpen this offseason. I think that's going to be where they spend the majority of their money. Now, I am also somebody that says you don't need to spend on a bullpen to make it really good. But from the state of the Royals bullpen, maybe throwing in an extra few dollars that here and there, extra couple million here and there, can stabilize this bullpen and increase some trade value. Because that's when you're, that's really the goal when you're going out and acquiring bullpen talent for a team that's still in the midst of a rebuild. You do want to stabilize that bullpen. That was a big problem this year. Same with the rotation. But with the bullpen, I, I think you need to take maybe one or two guys and then try to fill the rest with free agent acquisitions. Maybe you can take three bullpen guys, but you need more stability. You need more consistency. And I fully expect this offseason to be bullpen heavy, pitching heavy for sure. We talked about it in yesterday's podcast about J.J. Piccolo and John Sherman's interview with Josh Vernier the Royals insider for 610 Sports Radio. But I do think that bullpen is going to be where they start things. Uh, they are going to go and try to get a handful of guys. There's numerous guys on the market that are going to be affordable for the Royals. So we'll see which direction they go. But to answer your question, I fully expect them to hit it hard with the bullpen this upcoming offseason. The next question we have on here comes from Dominic. If Sherman gave you complete control to make one free agent acquisition this offseason, would you add Snell or Otani? That's Blake Snell, uh, who's going to likely win Cy Young on the National League side, or Shohei Otani, given his pitching inserts post-second Tommy John. Dominic, it's a no-brainer. I would take Shohei Otani in a heartbeat over Blake Snell. I get what you're saying. You know, for the pitching aspect, you can't get Shohei Otani to pitch in 2024 after having surgery. He's just going to be a hitter. But you look at what he does offensively. I mean, he would be the Royals' best hitter in the lineup. And then you just wait one year for him to turn things around and you know, join that rotation. It would not shock me as much as I like Blake Snell if he regresses pretty quickly. I mean, this is kind of a, a burst onto the scene once again or a reemergence. Blake Snell was really good, of course. But I think Blake Snell once he got to San Diego, wasn't really the same guy until this year. Also, Tani, I mean, he's a generational talent. He's the best player in baseball. So if I was John Sherman, he gave me unlimited money. Yeah, I'm all right with Shohei Otani not pitching in 2024 because he becomes the best bat in your lineup, and then you get him to pitch in 2025. Now, if the question is one and done here, a one-year deal, I think I'd still take Shohei Otani because I would want that key bat in the lineup. And I know he doesn't play the field, but that's the best hitter in Kansas City. I know it would be more of a pipe dream than anything, but still a really fun question there from Dominic. Next question comes from Ben. How many new players will we get this offseason? I would like to see how they handle the 40-man roster situation, but I think I would imagine that they are going to bring in two starting pitchers. I'd imagine they're going to bring in 
you know, anything from three to four bullpen guys. So let's say six tops there for pitching. And then I think they add a bat or two. So let me go seven to eight for your question there, Ben. I think that they're going to add a good amount of players. Not all of them are going to be big time contracts. I would say maybe one or or two are going to be multiple year contracts, uh, maybe three, uh, depending how the market really falls. But I think I could see about seven to eight guys being added to this roster in 2024. So a lot of turnover, I would expect uh, this coming fall. Jake asked, based on J.J. Bacola's comments, do you expect the rotation to be Reagan, Singer, and three acquisitions? I think it's going to be Reagan, Singer, and probably Marsh. I think Marsh is going to be thrown in there. And the Royals very well may go with an opener next year as well. It's kind of worked well for Marsh to use Stephen Cruz as a one-inning guy. You know, Granky's been throwing only one to three innings last couple of times out, and Serpa's taking over, who we're going to talk about here later on in the podcast. But to me, I mean, the Royals feel like Marsh has something there. He's got a lot of swing and miss, and I don't think they're in a spot where they just need to get rid of him. I mean, I think there is a role for him in this rotation as the number five guy. So my guess would be Reagan, Singer, Marsh is the five, and then you go out there and add two more free agent pitchers. But hopefully, and I've said this before, one of those guys is your true number one on the staff. Next question comes from JHB. He says, where does Coar and MacArthur fit in? Are they going to be a part of the bullpen next year? Does Singer get traded? And does Velasquez play every day? With Coar and MacArthur, I think that MacArthur is a lock to be in the bullpen next year, as long as he stays healthy. The Royals have loved what he's done so far. Uh, he's really bounced back from that putrid Major League debut. Not worried about his spot on the roster. Jackson Coar has pitched pretty well, and I think they want him to be in the bullpen. He's got to go with it in spring training, though. As for Brady Singer, I once thought he was going to get traded, but I don't think there's any value there anymore. I mean, I think there is some value. Let me backtrack a little bit. But I will say that the Royals are going to hang on to him simply because the rotation is so thin. Uh, they need more talent there. You need to have him with a full offseason, full spring training, and try to go from there, and then maybe revisit it next offseason. But I don't think Brady Singer's going anywhere this upcoming offseason. And lastly, does Nelson Velasquez play every day? If the Royals don't add a designated hitter or they don't want to play Drew Waters and Kyle Isbell every single day, then Nelson Velasquez is going to play every single day in 2024. I think he's shown enough in that lineup so far with the 15 total home runs, 12 of them coming with the Royals, that he can be a bat there. I think his hard hit rate barrel percentage, you know, Woba, uh, ex-Woba has all looked really good. Those are all advanced analytical numbers on fan graphs and baseball savant. But a lot of it shows that he can be a long-term fit. He's young, going to be 25 this upcoming offseason and under club control for quite a while. So I think he will play every day in 2024. So great question there from JHB. And lastly, real quickly, from Devin Wagner on Twitter, Nelly and Reagans are huge acquisitions, and we didn't see much value when we first made. Are there any moves that we've made this year that may prove to be massive dividends? Um, I would say the James MacArthur deal right now is looking pretty good. I mean, you uh, were mocked for it. You trade an 18-year-old lottery ticket guy and go out there and get a 26-year-old double-A guy. Well, we're starting to see that there was something there. James MacArthur is a great curveball, and you throw out that major league debut, he's been one of the better Royals bullpen pitchers. So I think he can be a fit for next year's bullpen. As for some other moves, I mean, Derlin Figueroa and the Ryan Yarbrough trade, love what I saw uh, at the rookie ball level. Devin Mann, I think, is going to make his major league debut later on in 2024. I'm still pretty high on Henry Williams, who you got in the Scott Barlow deal. I mean, really the only deal I didn't think made any sense was the Nicky Lopez deal, but we all knew that. I think every other one, 
could pay some massive dividends. You know, Henry Williams, I think, can be a major league starter in a handful of years. Devin Mann can be a good utility guy. Derlin Figueroa really has high upside. But as for the major league talent, I mean, yeah, I'd say James McArthur's deal looks pretty good right now because who knows if Junior Marin is ever going to make it to the big league level. Those are all great questions for our annual, or not annual, excuse me, weekly mailbag Friday. Uh, keep sending them my way. Even if I don't get to them in the podcast, I will answer them on Twitter. All right, the next thing we're going to talk about is Angel Serpa. He has looked really good since coming back from his injury. What's his fit for 2024? I'll tell you next on Lockdown Royals. You are tuning to Lockdown Royals on the Lockdown Podcast Network. I'm your host, Jack Johnson. You can follow me on Twitter at J underscore 15. That's at J-O-H-N-Y-J underscore 15. Before we go any further, let's give a shout out to two of today's title sponsors in Bird Dogs First. And I got to tell you, with Bird Dogs, it is so comfortable. You know, shorts, sweatpants, hats, I've worn all of them. I wore a pair yesterday. I pretty much wear them every single week. I mean, I can't get enough of their attire. It is by far and away the most comfortable shorts that I've ever put on. Uh, when you're you know, out in the summer here in Kansas City, it gets really humid, really hot. You get really sweaty. You don't want those shorts or your boxers bunching up and stuff like that. Well, you never have an issue with that with bird dogs. I mean, I was in Wichita earlier this week. It was really hot down there, pretty muggy. And I had a pair of bird dogs and not once. Did I have to deal with the uncomfortability of, you know, sweaty shorts, just not feeling good out there. Bird dogs are very breathable. They're so comfortable and you need to get yourself a pair today. So here's what you need to do. Go to birddogs.com slash locked on MLB or enter promo code locked on MLB at checkout for a free bird dogs water bottle with your order. That's birddogs.com slash locked on MLB for a free free water bottle at checkout. You don't want to take your bird dogs off. We promise you. The next shout out we want to give to one of our title sponsors today is DoorDash. Now with DoorDash, get 50% off your first DoorDash order up to a $20 value when you use code LOCKEDONMLB at checkout. Limited time offer, terms apply. That's 50% off up to $20, no minimum subtotal, and zero delivery fees on your first order. When you download the download, when you download the DoorDash app in the App Store and enter code Locked On MLB, don't forget that's Locked On MLB for fifty percent off your first order with DoorDash. Angel Serpa, I think, is one of those guys that has shown, you know, from time to time that he could be a number five starter in the rotation. He could be a long reliever. But honestly, when he came back from injury, uh, going back to August, I I just think I was pretty much ready to move on from Angel Serpa. Not because of age, not because of ability, but I kind of viewed him in the same light as a a Daniel Lynch or a Chris Bubich. You know, if you can't stay healthy, and when you come back, you don't look that better, well, why would I give you a locked spot in 2024? Why would I be jumping all over that. And then I think we saw a role that Angel Serpa really fit into. And it's shown with the numbers that he has found that confidence once again. You know, I think one of my favorite things I heard about Serpa, this came from the Royals broadcast when they were in Oakland, actually, funny enough, when he wasn't pitching well. But that Angel Serpa is somebody that pitches angry. And he pitches better when he's angry. And you wouldn't think that. 
for a guy like him, I mean, I've never gotten this, you know, stoic sense from him. I've never gotten this, you know, steaming mad type of pitcher feel from him. He just seemed very normal to me. But he likes to pitch angry. And clearly, over the last month or so, he's been pitching very angry. His stuff has looked phenomenal. It, you know, in, back in 2021 and 2022, you know, when he was out there, he was just a left-hander that could locate. You know, he's sitting 92, 93, 94, but, you know, he could hit the corners of the zone. His secondary pitch wasn't great. I think it was kind of a slider mix of a cutter and a changeup. And so when he comes back, I'm going, well, the velocity has an uptake here, but he's getting hit around and he's not, you know, showing the best command. Should I really believe in somebody like that? Should I really believe long-term in an on-hill Serpa? Well, I had made my decision. It's like there, there's too many guys you need to go out there and acquire for this rotation. There's no way Angel Serpa fits into that. There's no way that he's one of those guys that you just go into spring training and say, it's his spot to lose. Now, I'm not saying it's his spot to lose now, but he does have a door open for him. You know, what we've seen in this bulk pitcher role and even a short relief, it's been something to keep your eye on. Just go back to his last outing against Cleveland on Wednesday. Now, Zach Granke only goes three and two-thirds, and you think, well, that could be the end for Zach. I mean, he's clearly not able to work deep into games anymore, but here comes Angel Serpa. He looked really good in his last time out against Houston. I was very impressed there. And then against Cleveland, who doesn't strike out a lot, he's coming in pumping 95, 96. Slider has looked phenomenal. Cleveland really couldn't pick it up. Then we go, he gets four Ks, no walks, and he finishes the game for the Royals. I mean, barely was even threatened. Uh, Cleveland could not put together much against Angel Serpa. And when I saw that final pitch of the afternoon, I thought to myself and said, you know, we've seen this from Jackson Coar, that it's the velocity. It, it really, you know, catches your eye. You know, when you throw that hard, you know, you're going to intrigue some people. But when you do it from the left side, it makes it that much better. But I, I wanted to make sure that Serpa is not just, you know, a 95-96 in his first outing or his first inning, first couple batters, and then it drops back down to 93-94. I don't think his velocity was as firm because he had to go in longer relief, and I'd like to see Serpa more so in a two-inning role next year. But his final pitch of the day, I think 78 pitches he threw uh, to finish out for Zach Granke. The 78th pitch of the day was his hardest at 96. And if you ask me, will you take Angel Serpa next year out of the bullpen pumping 96? Maybe 97, 98 in a one-inning roll. Absolutely. There is no and ifs or buts about it. He is somebody that you can build around in that bullpen. Because he's also so young. He's one of the younger pitchers on the staff. And if he can locate and he maintains that velocity and fine-tunes that changeup to go along with already a pretty good slider, that's something I want to take pretty seriously. You know, as I've said before, the bullpen, it's not always about spending $10 million on your bullpen. You can work with some of these guys, find the stuff they have, and turn them into pretty good arms. I mean, was anybody talking about James MacArthur two months ago? No. In fact, that was one of the people saying he could be a 40-man roster casualty. There's no reason to have him back in the bullpen. And then he shut me up and shut everybody else up and has shown 
hey, I am a pretty good bullpen pitcher. I retired 31 of the last 32 batters I've faced. That's not a fluke. Okay, you can say the hitters don't care, teams don't care. That's retiring 31 of 32 guys at the major league level. That's pretty damn tough to do. You know, Jackson Coar, I was out on. But now he's showing the best stretch of his big league career. It's not saying much. The bar's pretty low, but the stuff's always been there. Command has it. Now the command's there. Colin Snyder, it's kind of out on. But if you throw a 96, 97-mile-an-hour sinker and can generate the soft contact, you have a spot in the bullpen. And for Serpa, you throw 95, 96, maybe ramp it up a tick higher at 97, and you're throwing from the left side, and you have a good slider, why would I just toss that aside? Why would I just get rid of that? I don't think he needs to be a starter. I think he's really found this role that fits him well. I'm hoping he can stay healthy because that really, to me, is the top of the concern list of his. Now, I don't think he stays healthy a lot. I don't think you could rely on him to be there for 60, 70, 80 innings. He's got to show it first. But now we at least know there's something in the tank. There, there's some value there in the bullpen for Angel Serpa. I'm pretty excited about him. But you let me know in the comments below, whether that be on Twitter at J underscore 15 or on YouTube. Just follow our Locked On page, subscribe, and comment on this video. The last thing we're going to talk about is who's going to be a lock for this lineup in 2024. I'm continuing to add to my list, and I'm going to tell you why next on Locked On Royals. You are tuned into Locked On Royals on the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, Jack Johnson. You can always follow me on Twitter at JohnnyJ underscore 15. That's at J-O-H-N-Y-J underscore 15. And find all these episodes on wherever you get your podcasts. That can be Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, Google Podcasts, and on YouTube. Just be sure to hit that follow button and subscribe before we go any further talk about these locks for the 2024 opening day lineup let's give a shout out to one of today's the third title sponsor today in FanDuel snap into action this NFL season with FanDuel America's number one sports book right now new customers get $200 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet that's $200 in bonus bets win or lose if you've been thinking about joining FanDuel there's no better time to get in on the action. The app is so easy to use, and there's a wide range of betting options that include spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. So visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and kick off the NFL season. FanDuel, the official partner of the NFL. I think going back to June, well, let's put it late June, I had three locks in my lineup. I felt pretty good about Bobby Wood Jr., shocker. Michael Garcia, shocker, and then Vinny Pasquantino, because I still believe that Vinny Pasquantino behind Bobby Wood Jr. next year can be the team's best hitter. And three of those guys, I think, would start on other big league teams. And that's kind of rare to say with the 2023 Royals, because this team has lost 102 games. Yes, they've been hot in September and hot of late, but overall, I mean, you'd be hard-pressed to find many guys that would start on other big league teams. You know, I don't think Michael Massey would. I don't think Kyle Isbell would. I don't think Edward Olivares would. Drew Waters, you know, Freddie Fermin. Maybe Freddie Fermin, depending on the catching situation. He wouldn't Cleveland. I'll tell you that. Cleveland's got a pretty poor uh, catching department right now. But I will say this. The list has grown a little bit for me because I'm starting to see a little bit more of a vision. That sometimes... When you are in a rebuild, it gets really ugly. It can get messy. You know, you believe in certain guys. Those guys don't always play well. I mean, going back to, to 2010 and 11, 
there were guys that hit. Haas hit, Moose hit, Salvi hit. You know, you had Kane and Escobar. But there were also guys that the Royals firmly believed in that didn't really amount to much. Johnny Giovatella, Mike Montgomery, Jake Odorizzi, Will Myers. And Will Myers was seen to be the best of all of them. And he didn't have a better career than any of the guys that were on the World Series team. You know, I'm not trying to, you know, harp on Will Myers or criticize him, but just the way baseball goes, it can get messy. You know, not everybody is a hit. Not everybody is a star. Not everybody, you know, meets their prospect status. But I will say it takes time. You don't give up on players, you know, two years into their career. There's got to be something that you like, or if they're unplayable, they're unplayable. You can move on from there. You know, it's why I, I think I've come around a little bit on Kyle Isbell because Kyle Isbell's had one of the weirdest careers of anybody on the Royals lineup right now. You know, he made his debut after the COVID year, so no minor league season. So he's making the jump from, I want to say, high A or double A to the big league level. And he gets hurt and tries to play the next year, gets hurt. And this year was his first chance he's an everyday player. And he's shown defensively he's more than capable in center field. Offensively, he's still got a ways to go. But it's why you you can't just always give up on guys because the numbers are low. You know, MJ Melendez was somebody we were all ready to just punt on. Nope, he's he's not going to be the guy. Terrible defensively, can't hit. And then we've seen since the All-Star break, he's been one of the Royals' best offensive hitters. And this is not an offense that's bottom of the league in the second half. You know, OPS, they're top 15. And MJ Melendez is a big part of that. His walk rate is now in the double digits. I will take that. From MJ Melendez, if he has a 10% walk rate, an 11% walk rate, can run into 15 to 20 home runs, OBP is around 330, I'll take all of that. I know it's not at 330 just yet, but look at where he was. I mean, MJ was really struggling in the first half. Then he altered his stance, where his hand placement was, and it's improved. So I do want to see that next year. He's one of my locks. I said this in the Mailbag Friday, Nelson Velasquez, he's one of my locks. You know, he's improving the walk rate. The power is there, and it is easy to see for everybody in baseball. And I feel like there's a spot, whether that's left field or DH. I'd much uh, rather have him at DH because he just feels like a stereotypical DH hitter. Hit the bombs, walk a lot, strike out a lot. Defense isn't very good. I don't think I need him out there in left field. You've got options. So I can put, you know, MJ out there left. I think he's looked a lot better in left than in right. So I'll put MJ out there in left. He's one of my locks. Nelly at the DH role. So there's now five locks for my lineup. And then you are going to have either a Kyle Isbell or Drew Waters. I think I'm going to lean towards Drew Waters being a lock because the oblique injury did set him back. It put him back quite a while. So if he can have a full healthy offseason, another year under his belt, maybe we can wait and see on Drew Waters. So I think he can be my lock for center field. Kyle Isbell can be my fourth outfielder. I think he can still be on the roster because he provides a lot of value and can provide some late-inning relief. If you're in a tight game and you want to use a defensive replacement, just like the way the Royals used Gerard Dyson back in those postseason years. As for right field, I think that's up in the air. I think you would go out there and sign a bat, help the lineup a little bit, you know, give you some more protection in the middle of that order. So right field's not a lock for me. Michael Massey is a lock for me. That is going to be controversial. There are going to be people that don't like that, but he gives you above-average defense, and he's run into about 15 home runs this year. And he's really improved from a brutal April and May. Now, if he gets off to a brutal April and May again, then I'm moving on. Then I'm probably just penciling in Nick Lofton 
as the everyday second baseman. But that's where I'm at right now. There, there's been about three or four more guys that I've added to the locks just because we've seen improvements. I'm not falling for it. I'm not saying that this lineup needs no help. It still needs help. It needs a lot of protection, but Vinny's going to help that a lot. Now, Nelson Velasquez hopefully can help that. And maybe if you're not putting so much pressure on guys that aren't everyday players, it can help this lineup in the long run. That's going to do it for another edition of Lockdown Royals on the Lockdown Podcast Network. I've been your host, Jack Johnson. You can always follow me on Twitter at JohnnyJ underscore 15. That's at J-O-H-N-Y-J underscore 15. And find all these episodes on wherever you get your podcast: Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, Google Podcasts, and on YouTube. Just be sure to hit the follow button and subscribe. But until Monday, you have a great weekend and enjoy the Houston series, Kansas City.